everyone, it's Annalyns and Tova. And we are so happy that you guys are here with us. So, so happy. Drinking water right now, relaxing, enjoying life's pleasures, tanning. Tanning your butt. I'm I'm tanning. In my in my house, I love being at Tola's house because Tola has this window where you can just see the sun and the city of New York and it's a great skyline. And it's just real peaceful. It's real nice and beautiful to look outside. So, the question of the day is, are you happy? Take it in, soak it in for a second, think about it. Are you happy? Are you truly happy? And if you cannot say yes or no, then it's time to reevaluate your life. A reevaluate what makes you happy. Real. We evaluate everything. Yeah. What are you doing? Is the life you're living making you happy? What are you not doing? What do you? What do you? I think it's. I think it's. When you give, I think that makes you happy. That makes you a happy person. Like mm-hmm. No, not you specifically, but when when someone when one person gives something, like gives their all in a certain situation. Like let's say. What makes me happy? Everything makes me happy. I can't even front. Like, just waking up makes me happy. Like, I'm grateful. I, when I wake up, I try and give myself to the day. I try and apply myself as much as I can, you know, for the day. What makes you happy? I don't know. She don't even know. She'll be talking about reevaluating your life, and she don't even know. Guys, I'm reevaluating my life as we speak. Okay, that's honest. I respect that. Uh, what else makes me happy? Looking at my body parts, it makes me happy. Because no, there are some. Listen, there was one time I say this all the time, you know, on my Twitter or whatever. Not all the time, but sometimes. I lost my teeth. Like you can say what you want about my teeth, but not having teeth, like. Like, I think I have perfect teeth. My teeth are strong. My teeth love me. They were not even supposed to be compatible with my mouth anymore after I lost all of them. Oh, my God. It was a tragic football accident. Some dude tackled me. Some six-foot, 200-pound dude, maybe 190 or 80 pounds. Not, not even 180. He had to be 190 or, like, two, uh, 190 to, like, 215. Dude was athletic, built, like... It wasn't no accident. He was he was smashing some girl who didn't like me, and we were playing flag football. And Did he I, apologized. He apologized. You know, whatever. I don't think he he knew that that would happen. I don't. I I think he did it on purpose, but I don't think he knew how bad. Yeah. Um. And that's another thing that made me happy. I remember looking. I remember I fell. I thought I was. I thought I got knocked out for like years. I felt like I was knocked out for years. I saw, I saw the stars. I went to heaven. I came back. But they told me I got up in like the next second, right after I fell, I jumped up, and I approached this boy. I remember him saying that I was bleeding, and to go look in the mirror or something. He could have been to the mirror. He even on top of you. No, no, no. Some other boy. I walked to some other kid. And because uh, I trusted him, I was like, "What just happened?" <laughs> and they're like, "You fell, <laughs> you fell, sis." 
So I go to the bathroom. I see all my teeth knocked out, knocked in. The front teeth aren't there no more. It was just bad, yeah. So then I remember the school was like, you could either go to the hospital or you could go to the dentist. But we're not going to cover both. And I had school insurance. Man. I went to the dentist because I was like, I could be crazy, but I still need my smile. You feel me? Like, I, I, I'm not going to go without teeth. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror thinking, like, wow, like, this is me now. Like, this is, I'm a whole different person. Like, I think I'm cute. Like, look at me. Like, I'm looking at Tolo, like, smiling with my lips closed. But, like, when I smile, it's like, I'm a whole, and Tolo's like, you should see Tolo's face. Like, it's a whole, like, like, when I, when I smile, I feel like I make other people smile. Like, my smile's a gift, right? And it's because I have these particular teeth in my mouth. So it's like some days I'll be like, I'll feel down or whatever. And then like, I'll see my smile and just remember, I didn't used to have a smile before. And I remember I would be so sad. I would like, I would just not smile. I would not smile. I would be so sad just for, just because of like stupid stuff. Like things you think are a big deal. They are really so stupid. Maybe so shallow, you know, like life goes on 10 years from now. You're not even gonna, you know. And when you don't have your smile, you just think about all the times you didn't have a smile. When you don't have your teeth, some people, their teeth falls out because they have, um, what's that disease? Gingivitis. Not gingivitis, but that's it. Well, I don't know. Teeth falls out with gingivitis? It's really bad. Yikes. Like the Oh, yeah, cavities and stuff. Okay, we're not talking. I'm talking about, um, what's that disease? Uh, it's not Crohn's disease, but it's like, something where like your hair falls out and then you like have a death sentence we all have death sentences right your teeth fall out or whatever and the cure for that is your diet i promise you some people say you don't have to eat and i'm going on a tangent some people say um you know meat is a part of a balanced diet and that's true however all the meat that we get is not healthy and it affects some people differently than others because not everybody's body and even mind is the same. You understand? So it's like someone's body chemistry may not... Like, you might eat a cow with cancer and be fine, but somebody else might eat a cow with cancer and, like, now they got cancer. I eat meat occasionally, not just so often, because I know that where we're getting our meat from, I don't know... So do you think seafood is no, because I know that seafood has mercury and stuff, but I don't always eat fish either. Like, at this point, like, I eat turkey probably so much more now. That's probably the main meat that I eat nowadays. I, I just started eating uh, steak again. Wow. I know. I don't eat steak. No. I just don't. I just feel like it's too much work to eat. What? If you season it correctly, sis, you don't... And it's crazy because some people eat steak with sauce and it's like, ew. Why would you, like, it's supposed to be, like, juicy, like, savory, like. Look at you, professional. Um, wow. Um, but yeah, it's just, happiness is seeing someone else smile, you know, like. I think that's what makes me happy. Seeing someone happy? Like, knowing I did something for someone. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's not wrong. If, if it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Yeah. 
Because I can control that. Oh, so you like being in control. I feel like that's the only way I'm in control of my happiness. It's doing things for other people. Because I know if I do this thing, this person is going to be happy. And they're going to be happy with me. So then I'll feel happy about myself. Exotic. 
Churches like, and I've been to other, it's not one particular church, you know. I've gone to almost all churches a mosque, a temple. No, actually, I haven't been to a temple.
and I really, I really try not to take anything for granted. Because even though people are always doing better than you and you can always be better, there are some people that are also doing worse than you or are the same as you and are going to stay the same. So I try to count my blessings with every breath. It just makes me happy. I remember times I'd be in the hospital. Sis. This girl. I'm the one storyteller. Um, I remember times I'd be in the hospital just thinking, man, I cannot wait to get out of here. <laughs> you know? Maybe from, like, a car accident or something. And it's just like, if you almost lose your life enough, you start to value the smaller things. And I think that makes a big difference. And I think if you're looking for happiness, it's just valuing the small things in life. The things you don't even... Like the, the flowers. You could be living in the ghetto and you see one flower. You don't have to take it. You know, appreciate art from a distance. Uh, with that said, uh, look at it. See how pretty... Say what's pretty about it. The way it blows in the wind. The way you see it from your perspective. The colors. The bug on it. Even the poop around it. Like, it's still growing. It doesn't mind. Like, it's fertilizer. It helps it grow. How can that, you know, relate to you? Like, even though there's stuff that's boo-boo around you, doesn't mean you can't grow. You can still, you know, be a happy person with boo-boo right next to you. Like, if you can't move your situation, change your perspective, have a paradigm shift. eating a bagel I could be eating I don't know a piece of cake right now that I would love that my grandma made but I'm eating a piece of bagel and I'm happy for my piece of bagel especially with the honey on it <laughs> so Tola how important is sex to you pass me the thank you One out of ten.
think I like kissing. I love kissing. We can kiss and like if you can make me smile and laugh even while we're kissing. Yeah, that's so cool. Like you got it. I like spooning. Oh my god, I love spooning. And like, kiss me on my forehead and tell me I'm pretty. Right? I'm not saying these things have or have not happened. Just what makes us happy? What would you like to happen? I I would like... I would like actual romance. Like... I don't think I've actually had that yet. If we're being honest. Like, I want to be romance. Like, taking to Italy. Give me flowers. My favorite flowers. Like, I don't want to do what you think is romance. I want to do what I think is romance. Like, romance to a guy might be like, for example, or horseback riding. Like, okay, cool. Maybe he always wanted to ride a horse and that's why he did it. He wasn't really thinking, like, oh, maybe she wants to do this. Like, or maybe he asked me one time and I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. But, like, not like what I wanted you seem stressed over there what's going on my co-host over here is talking about me going away for so long but yet she's mentally away somewhere else right now stupid things and then when you finish doing it you're like oh you know you only live once don't be a dumbass you're gonna only live once be smart about it but do what you gotta do and have fun and make sure it's not hurting anybody else period that's yolo that's yolo that's the model yolo is not doing whatever the fuck you wanna do and just saying oh you only live once I'm gonna be a dickhead to everybody because I only live once you could be a dick in hell for a lifetime. So. Yeah. Yellow. Yellow. Don't ever let nobody tell you not to do something. That's going to be the name of this podcast. Yellow. Like. 
And I still play football. You have your whole life to do that. <laughs> you don't know that. You're right. That doesn't mean... You could die tomorrow. You could die today. That doesn't mean... You could die in an hour shit, Like I say. You don't know when you're going to die. Right. So don't ever tell, let somebody tell you. Oh, you can always do that later. Go do that later. Then later. Oh, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Just if you want to go get your ass done today, do it. not playing tomorrow. Ah! Okay? If you want, if you want to shave your head off, if you want a better nose. Yes. If you want... If that's what's going to make you happy, I'm not saying there's something wrong with it or it's not, but if it's going to make you happy, it's if being with a man who's toxic is going to make you happy, I mean, but that that's hurting yourself and hurting him. But if it's if it's not hurting nobody else, like getting your butt done, your butt done or your body done. And don't let anybody say, oh, you should be happy with who you are already. What if getting your butt done is what makes you happy? Like, mind your business. If what I'm doing is not affecting you, genuinely affecting you, then what what I'm doing is none of your business. And that's if you're in the... I ain't talking about if there's kids listening to this or teenagers. It's not going to apply to you until you're 18, Okay. Period. No tattoos. Whatever. It just looks bad. You're gonna regret it. If you're like 16 with a tattoo, you're gonna regret gonna, it by the time you're like 30. Yeah. I don't get don't get a, a little butterfly tattoo or a little rose. Not cute. It's, it's not, not cute. cute. What else is not cute? Um, tattoos above your ass. Don't do that. Oh. Don't get your boyfriend's names tattooed. Oh, those booty shorts. Not cute. Like when you actually show your butt. Like kids, don't ever show your butt. Like that's not cute. It's not even if you're a dude. Ladies, like, if you're if you're sagging your pants, do it halfway. Don't show your whole butt. Right. Come on, come and on. If you're in high school, don't pay attention to those boys. Because when y'all graduate, or if there's a girl being mean to you, if there's mean girls, 100 percent of the time after after y'all graduate high school, they're gonna be fat and sad. They're gonna be sad either way, even if they're not fat. Yep. The mean girls in high school always turn out ugly. That's a fact. So, <laughs> and if there are, and if they are ugly already, they're just gonna stay ugly or be uglier. Yeah. So, don't be sad. I remember the scene. This mean girl. And it's usually the girls that get bullied come out to be the baddest bitches. So, ah, facts. That being said, do you sis? Big facts. Just, just take the L for now. Yeah, it's okay to take L's. I think that's that's what we don't learn as kids. Like, it's okay to lose sometimes. Like, that's a big thing. Like, sometimes you don't get the guy. All sometimes the big girls in high school, the guys that are making fun of you, they're gonna be in your DM. <laughs> yes. Right after yes. you graduate. All all the guys talking about, oh, you stink. Oh, this, that, that. They're gonna want to eat your ass. I'm telling you, what? And you don't never have to try too hard. You don't never have to be somebody you're not. Oh my gosh. It's okay to not have sex. Everybody else is having sex. You do not have to have sex. If do you not waste wait, your virginity on a 16-year-old boy. Or a 22-year-old boy. Or any... No, don't do it. Do not waste your virginity... I'm going to say this again. <laughs> do not waste your virginity on no 
16 year old boy that don't mean go find a grown man to have sex with that's not what I'm saying or a 16 year old girl I'm just saying to wait until you're uh, until you're older and you know you don't you don't fully you don't ever know what you're doing but trust me wait till you're older because don't waste your first experience on a little boy whose dick hasn't really fully grown in yet who probably doesn't even know doesn't even know what he's doing that is hilarious I think when you're a kid there are a lot of older men that um who try to get to young women or young boys and don't this is not a dykeman this is not a dykeman approved podcast at least for the birds indictment. if you are 17 year, years old your boyfriend should not be 22 you should not be bringing a 22 year old bed to your prom anybody who's I can't believe they allowed that shit I don't care if you're 17. Dating an 18-year-old is not a thing. Okay? But that 18-year-old has seen and done, he probably haven't seen it and done it. Even if he's a virgin. Even if he claims to only have sex once. Even if he claims to only have done not sex but close enough to sex. Like... Right. Don't be a pick-me girl, please. Oh, pick-me, pick-me. I'm this. I'm perfect. Look I don't at even me. wear makeup every day, and I'm still pretty. Oh my gosh, uh, she wears makeup. Oh, and don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Oh bitch. my gosh. Don't like, be a hater. Even bitch. if you're a dude. Instead of being a hater, ask that person. How did you do that? Where'd you get that from? And they might not even tell you, but then don't take it personally. That means that they have personal issues. No. But no. you know, that's why there's Google. No, but that's true. If you. That doesn't mean they have personal issues. They that just don't, they want don't want you to you. be as good as them. That's how I feel. I feel like gatekeeping shit is so weird. No, because somebody asked me one time, where'd you get your yellow coat? I have this fly yellow I would tell, I would tell you. big bird coat. This I did not tell her. It has about. nothing to do with inside. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. I don't, I don't want you to have the same coat as me. Okay, just because you have the same coat don't mean we're going to rock it the same. No. Doesn't no. mean we're gonna rock it the same sweetheart. No, no, so I don't give a no. fuck. It has, nothing, it has nothing to do with my personal inside. Maybe you, you just wanted to be the only one in a bright ass coat. Maybe that's the reason. No, I just I don't want you to have the same coat. That's if what I'm saying. Like I want if I want a custom made thing from, but it wasn't from a custom designer, made. but you don't know that. Okay then. All okay, right. Talk. All oh. right then. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Okay. Yo, get out of here. Okay. Get out of here. That shit was custom made, right? You, that's why I'm saying. You got to be friends with designers. That shit was not custom made. You couldn't tell that shit was not custom made, Because they make coats I like never that. said it was. I said you just didn't know. They make coats like that, sis. 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 I can have a designer, I can have a designer make the same exact coat as I see in Forever 21. Exactly. But if you got that shit custom made, you would probably put your ad to that coat. If, oh, if I want the same exact coat and I have a, a designer friend and they're like, oh, this is H&M, I'd be like, no, this is um Martin Luther King because me and him are best friends and he just made this for me, period. Dr. Martin Reverend Luther King Jr. Thank okay, you. but until it's custom made, if somebody saying, well, you get your coat. <laughs> but I never said until that was you, the reason. Until your shit is custom made, sis. But I never said that was the reason. But you don't. You just don't want nobody else to have a bright yellow coat. It has nothing to do. You want. It, you it want has nothing to do with it being bright. It has nothing to do with no. it being yellow. And it has nothing to do with it being a coat. <laughs> <laughs> so let's stop there. So what is it? You just don't want nobody else to have your coat. Yes. You. Believe- 
I don't never see nobody else. It's not your code. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was not custom made. I don't have to tell you. I that don't have to tell you. That shit was not custom made. I don't you. have to tell you though. So it's not your code. I don't have to tell you. That's that's my point. I don't have to. Yo, tell you. Oh my god. That's my point. I don't All have right, to tell you. That's your preference, y'all. And it has nothing to do with my, my inside. My code is bright and yellow and furry. If y'all wanna look it up, I'll Google. You will find it. No, you will not. No, you will not. Okay. Not, not that coat. The way the way that it is, like, I I don't really wear it like that. Like, it's so perfect. Like the color is is perfect. Like it fits so perfectly. Like, oh my gosh. Like, you wearing in the summertime? What? With your kids wearing another fur? What? I did that one time with my kid, my daughter. Some dudes in a car. A bunch of dudes were like, y'all look fly. They want to talk to me and stuff. Yup, fly as hell. I was like, <laughs> I know. Period. Period. I'm fly. Say what you want, but I want nobody else having my coat. Period. It's my coat. Period. You kill me with that. It's my coat. That's her coat, y'all. I don't care nobody say. Oh, church done started. Let me post this link real quick. I'm very protective over what, like, like art and design and fashion. Like, I don't, like, if people copy me, like, even if you wear the same coat, even if you find it and wear it, right, you're never gonna look like, and it's not even about looking like me, but, like, it's, it, you, you're never gonna wear it how I wear it, so I'm not gonna really be offended. But it's just like, you saw me wearing it and you're like, ooh, I want that for myself. Like, no, just appreciate that it's on me and like it on me. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but like, just like it on me. Like, and, and we both have selfish reasons. You want it for yourself and I want it for myself. I think that's fair. Okay, so church dies. Fair and square. Well, I decided to record this because, like, why not, right? Okay. So, um, right now we're talking about... Uh, well, it's in the book of Mark. Uh, and how, like, God was crucified and, like, they laughed at him. And how, like, people laugh at him now. Like, God, God just finished telling somebody, like, their daughter is not dead. And everyone's telling them, like, yo, it's, it's physically, it's literally impossible. Like, she's dead. And, like, they laughed. At him, and he's not saying anything that they're thinking. He's talking about what he knows, and it's it's crazy to me because it's like, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a true fact. 
But not only does God know everything, but it just makes me realize for all these people that he, you know, raised up and said she, they're just sleeping. He's just sleeping. Those were like friends of like God. So imagine somebody who's not a friend of God and they're like, can you can you help this person? And he's like, oh, I don't know him. Like, that's wild. I mean, what I said, let that sink in. All right. Understand that the God we serve is not bound by time, which means if he says something, he's not just saying something about the future. He's also saying something about what he knows he's already done because he's not bound by time. This is why you should never let somebody have the last word over your condition. Amen. Because if God is above human reality, Amen. then what God says is the last word. Okay, Amen. come, here, come, come on me. now, make Mama sense. Joseph, you remember her, Stephanie? Mama Joseph, come on. My, my, my father in the ministry, my ministerial father, Charlie Joe, his mother, God bless her soul, she rests today. But but years and years, many, Mary many had years a baby ago, by God. Alive, come on. Anything is possible. We would go to her house and we would eat dinner. And I remember she shared with us over dinner one day that the doctors had told her many years ago, she said about 15 years prior, the doctors told her that she was going to die, to get her affairs in order, that she wouldn't live very long. They told her that she had a terminal disease and illness that would take her out and that she should make sure everything was in order. She looked at us with that chicken bone in her hand. I love it. She looked at us. She said, they told me I only had a little bit to live. She said, but can I tell you what happened? We said, what happened, Mom? Joseph. She said, the first doctor that told me he died, I outlived him. The second doctor that told me he died, I outlived him. Yeah. The third doctor that told me that he died, I outlived him. She said, you know what? It doesn't matter what people say. I respect the doctor's uh-huh. advice. I respect the education. Uh-huh. She said, but my God has the last word. And mm-hmm. is there anybody here that knows that despite your reality, I know you feel it. I know you see it. I know it's real to you. But can I tell you what's realer than real? When God Come speaks on now. over your situation, what's realer than real? about to move. It's about to shift. Things are about to change. Let me see that. And if God said the girl is sleeping, then the girl is sleeping. You Come on now. But Jesus says she's sleeping. You Take it for what it is. Over, but Jesus said it's just beginning. You might say it won't work, but Jesus mm. said I'm about to work this thing out. You might see it's impossible, but Jesus knows that he specializes in changing things. Understand, they said cancer. They said cancer, but some of you are cancer-free. They said you were too old to finish school, but you got that degree hanging on your Amen. wall. God is not limited by your biology, God has your a history, or your reality. Jesus resurrected okay, the girl, the Bible says. Read Mark 5, you'll discover. Jesus took the girl's hand, put out the naysayers. Brought in mama and daddy, prayed a little prayer over her, raised that girl up, and everybody who previously was laughing out loud, the Bible said they all had to say, oh my God, because God's got a way of turning your laughter into praise. Do I have a witness on your couch? Do I have a witness 
in the chat that God will prove you wrong. There are times you laughed at yes. what God said over you. Yes. But thank God today that his reality, yes. that his reality is greater than my reality. And somebody ought to part right here and give God an OMG praise. Oh my God, I'm still here. Oh my God, I feel better. Oh my yes. God, I'm not yes. anymore. Oh my God, I'm not I weak know. anymore. Oh my God, I'm not stressed anymore. Oh my God, he said it and he did it and I'll give him the glory. There's a problem with reality. Ah, uh, so now, so now that you understand, this is the first time humanity is last at divinity. Come back to Mark 15, our main text, and you'll discover as we read that the Romans and the Jews are laughing at God. Understand this. Uh, we discover that they've been laughing at God. The Roman soldiers took him to the Praetorium to mock and laugh him. And laugh at him. They laughed at him because, remember, they did not believe what he said about himself. Hang on to that. They had many gods, and and and, and they could not believe what he said about himself. I, I want to help you understand why the Romans and the Jews were laughing because they were laughing together. Watch this, but they were laughing for different reasons. Mm. See, the Romans. The Romans were laughing because uh, they didn't necessarily have a problem with reality. Okay. They had a problem of plurality. Plurality. Put that down. Put that down. I like plurality. that. The Romans had no problem with reality. Because the second reason why we laugh at God is like the Romans. We have a problem with plurality. Plural. Plurality. Uh, let me help you to understand. You see, plurality or pluralism in the religious or theological field is, is the belief that there is not, watch this, there is not one God, but there are many gods. The Romans laugh at the idea that this Jewish man, that this Jew, could be the son of one God and be co-equal with that God. Uh, somebody's gonna see where I'm going. Mm. The Romans laughed because so in they knew. ancient Roman culture, you didn't just serve one God. You had many gods. Yeah. They had gods that would help them with harvest. They had gods that would help them with water. Probably. They had gods that would help them with wealth. They had the sun god and the moon god. Mm -hmm. They had gods that were over the land and gods that were over the air. Break it down. So it didn't make any sense because when you believe in pluralism, mm. watch this, when you get in trouble, you have mm, several options to reach for. In the Roman yeah. mind, it didn't make sense to just trust one god. No, you had many options. If you were having problems on the water, you appeal to the water god. If you had some problems with their agriculture, you uh, appeal to the God of harvest. If they had some issues uh, with the God, uh, with land, with, with purchasing land, you talk to the God like of the Our land. God is more Please important than that. Going. Their problem was yes. plurality, and we got the same problem. Mm. We laugh at God because we cannot believe that at the end of the day, Jesus is our only option to make it mm. in life. Wow. Oh, God. I'm going to slow down so you can get this. Yeah. Our problem is that we have too many options. Mm. Our problem is that when we 
try to be successful in life, but when we bump up against a brick wall, that when we come up to a closed door, the problem with both people who don't believe and people who do believe is that we have too many options. We have the options of intellect. So I'll think my way through it. Mm. We have the option of morality. I'll just be real good in mm. the situation. We have the problem, we have the option of ethics. So if I just uh, choose the best way to operate in specific situations, then I can overcome. We have the option of willpower. If I just make up my mind to do it, I can do anything. We have the option of meditative mindfulness, where if I can just center myself and think good mm. thoughts about humanity that I can will it into being. And like the ancient Romans, oh God, I feel like preaching this. Okay. We, even believers, uh, claim to serve one God, but in the way that we deal with stress and life and relationships, we actually have many gods that we depend on for different parts of our lives. Oh God. And so when someone says, have you talked to G? I'm going to save me a seat. I'm going to sit down right beside you on your couch. When someone says, have you talked to Jesus about this dysfunctional romantic relationship you're in? We laugh. Because we don't need Jesus, we just jump to another relationship and transfer the dysfunction to the next relationship. Wow. When somebody says, have you prayed about your financial issues mm. with bankruptcy or foreclosure mm. or unemployment? Mm. We laugh because we don't need Jesus. Mm. All we need to do is grind. Get your hustle on. Mm. Make it happen. Find another job. And the problem with mm. believers is we got so many low, so many lowercase small g gods that we don't know that at the mm. end of the day we only got one option. And that one option is Jesus. Oh God. Because some see, can I tell it like it is? Like some of y'all are too smart. Some of y'all think you know too much. Some of y'all act like you know more than the God who created you. And yet you still end up in dysfunction. You still end up in bad situations. You still end up spending money in ways you shouldn't spend it. You still end up making dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision. How do I know? Because I've been there. How do I know? Because I had many options until I realized my wisdom, my knowledge, my education, my background, my family history, none of that was going to get me through to where I needed to be because okay. I could outsmart certain situations. I could think my way through certain things. Yeah, I could do some things and grind and make it happen. But watch this. One thing I couldn't outsmart. One thing I couldn't outfake, one thing I couldn't get around was the problem in me. Mm. So when I separated from other people, I still had me. Yes. When I, when I worked out the situation at the job, I still had me. Mm. When, I, when I got out of the situation that was toxic, there was See still me. me. And what I came to understand is I can use all these different options, but at the end of the day, what I need more than anything or anybody is Jesus, do I have anybody that's in the chat that can put in the chat all I need is Jesus. Come on up. Uh, I, I'm talking to some people. 
I got to address the fact that even in the midst of all of this social upheaval, in the midst of this injustice that we, that people of color suffer all around the world, I can talk about my context right here in these yet to be United States of America. We've got all kinds of injustice right now, right now. They're trying to turn back the clock, take us back to the days of Jim Crow and take away our voting rights state by state by state. We're fighting it here in Georgia, but we're also fighting it there in Texas and in Michigan and different parts of this country. They're trying to take away our voice and our vote. Uh, And what I hear, there's something that is disturbing that I hear amongst the black community. Those who have been historically maligned and historically ostracized and historically disenfranchised, it's disturbing to me. I'm hearing that people are saying, we don't need no Jesus. We just need to protest. We, we, We don't need no church. I'm disturbed um, by this new civil rights movement that mm. thinks that we, we definitely can be need able church. I'll to get that. over without trusting the God who is over all of us. I'm Come on now. I'm down for the struggle. I'm down for pushing back. I'm down for changing legislation and law. I'm down for marching in the streets and talking up in boardrooms and signing petitions. And I'm down for all of that. But at the end of the day, do you not know that we did not come out of the 60s with legislative changes because we did it by ourselves? Do you not know that we did not come this far by ourselves because of our black power and black excellence and black family? You better understand, black people, your only option is Jesus. I'm not talking on, about the blue-eyed, uh, the blue-eyed, long-haired, Swedish version of Jesus. I'm not talking about Come that on. pale-faced Jesus that they put on those churches to brainwash us into thinking that he didn't look like us. I'm talking Come about Jesus, the revolutionary. Come on! Jesus, the change angel. I'm talking about Jesus, whose skin looked like mine. Yes. Olive yes! Nappy hair. I'm talking yes. about Jesus. Yes. Yes. Smartest man ever. Come on. Revolutionary. Come on. He's the only way we're going to come out from under. He's the so, so people, I hear you. Don't this is why I have Jesus a podcast. Because of what the church did. Because, like, don't give up on Jesus because they changed the Bible to substantiate and validate slavery. Don't throw out Jesus. This is why I have a podcast. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not one dimensional, I'm not even three dimensional. I'm a sphere. Like, I don't have any dimensions, right? <laughs> Wait, no, that's three-dimensional. <laughs> I'm a, um, I can't even say circle. I, I'm water. Like, I take no shape. I have no form, right? Like, I'm just, I just flow, right? Everyone is a genius in their own way. And I do talk about God sometimes, but it's like, how much do I really incorporate God? Like, you guys, I really do, like, do my best to learn the philosophy. Thank you. To, to learn the philosophy of what it means to have a journey to love God. Like, oh, man. Let's, let's, let's just mute this. 
right? When you follow God, it's like life gets harder, bro. Like, life just gets so much harder. The more you believe, the more you trust in God. And, and it's something that you notice. You observe. And it's not that, you know, you look back and turn into a pillar of salt. But you just notice. Some people, they'll look back and they'll be like, okay. Um... <laughs> this girl in her own world. No, it's okay. Um... Some people will look back at their life, you know, from before following God and be like, you know what? My life was so much easier. I should just go back to that. And I would consider that like a lost moment, even if you have the most luxurious life, you know, like were you lost in that life? Because like some people get lost in the sauce and that's a real thing. Oh, my gosh. If I could say anything to the young people and even to the old people. You get lost in the sauce. You get lost in being old. You forget that you are a kid. You hold on to grudges too much, and that prevents you from being an adult. You hold on, like, even if somebody hurts you, they hurt your feelings deep. You hold on to that, and you do not grow as a person. When you are angry, when you are a hateful person, you prevent yourself from being the best person ever. And if I could say one thing... It's that when you follow God or when you remember who you are or when you realize who you are, you're going to look back because it happens. You're human. You're going to look back. And even if you don't tell anybody, you're going to look back and be like, wow, like I was really living the life. Like everything was perfect. Money, cars, sex, drugs, everything. Right. Women, men, all of it. Everything was at my disposal. Houses, homes, yachts private jets, islands, um, and now it's like, you know, I had to give up a lot of that because I had to change my beliefs, I had to change my values, or I had to prioritize what comes first rather than, you know, God coming last at my list, let him come first, and that may look like uh, maybe giving up sex, you know, until marriage, that is a, that is a great sacrifice, you know, um, and to be completely honest, I really do want to get to that point in my life. Like, I don't care who the guy is. I really don't care. And I remember I remember talking to God because um, I was like, God, if you make me just remember that I'm attractive, you know, that people want to start a family with me, that I'm valuable. If you just give me signs of good men coming my way, even if I dub them, just let me know I still got it, you know? And they've been coming, you know, and then boom, I finally like this dude and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm feeling him, you know, normal people stuff. I don't care what status you are. Like when you like somebody, you like somebody, right? And I'm not, I don't think I'm all that, but I know I'm somebody, right? Excuse me. Especially since God and I are friends. Like I gave up my life to follow God, like. And sometimes I get lost in the sauce and I have to come back to God. And he's always willing with open arms. Even if nobody else is willing to accept me, God is always willing to accept me. And I can always go back to God with open arms after anything I've done wrong. And I think when I look for a partner, that's what I'm looking for. If I'm the worst person in the world, 
but they can accept me back with open arms and love me better and help me to get me to love myself, to work on myself, to help build something so that it helps me. Like that, that is love. That is what God is. Like if your relationship with somebody doesn't bring you closer to God, like at some point it may not start off like that, but like you got to pray to get it, pray together eventually. Like you don't want to marry somebody and you can't pray with them. You don't want to marry somebody. You can't sing with them. Like, or you feel uncomfortable even using the bathroom around them. Like if you, I feel like if you can't pray with somebody, like, do you feel comfortable using the bathroom around them? Like, do you have to walk around eggshells with the person that you are stuck with or that you are with? I'll rather, rather I'll, I'll say that. Um, but anyway, so like when you like somebody, I don't care who they are. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what language they speak. I don't care what disease or disability or merit or awards or title that they have. They should that relationship should bring you closer to God. And if you see love in your relationship, you should pursue that because love is so rare. Love is so rare. Like to I know that God is love. And so when people interact with me, I know if it's God in this relationship that we're having, even a two-second conversation, is God in this relationship? Like, I could talk to my co-host, Tola, and I know that God is in our relationship because I know that she loves God, you know? Like, she may not be so outwardly, like, hallelujah, amen type of person, but, like, I know that, like, she respects who God is. Like, love love and respect, like, it's, it's, it's a fear of God. Like, she knows that her soul belongs to God. And I could talk to somebody like that because that's a person, like, you, like, as much as they might be a, God forgive me, a bullshitter, right? As much as they might be a bullshitter, as much as they might be a thief, a liar, a bad friend, uh, someone stole your man, whatever, like, if you know that your soul belongs to God, at the end of the day, you know you're going to be held accountable for your actions. And somebody could say, like, yeah, I know I'm going to be held account- accountable, but I don't care. I'll see it when I see it. Like, I'm going I'm to still do bad things. I'm going to still be a bad person. That's the type of person you do not want to associate yourself with. But if a person knows that they're going to be held accountable and they try to be a better person, like, they work on themselves, like, let's say let's say with, um, with weight, right? Do you wanna do you wanna say what you're gonna do? No, okay. Um, but with weight, right? You know God did not design you to be obese, and you know that God did not design you to be like, um, what's the word? Anorexic. Like you know, like you know, like you know, you're not, you're not. God did not make you that way. Come on, like that is mental illness, right? You know you are designed to be. A well-shaped person. So, like, when we when we fool ourselves into this, it's a bad relationship within our own minds that we're feeding ourselves. And then, if you believe in God, like, who are you consulting your body to? Like, when when you carelessly don't eat, you know, and I'm guilty of this. When you carelessly don't eat, right, and everyone's like still complimenting on you on your body. Or when you eat too much or when you snack too much or whatever. And people are just like, 
you know, saying, oh, she looks big or da-da-da. Like, either way, it's like nobody really wins in this situation. <laughs> Hold on. Because they were not taught it. They didn't know it. It wasn't their fault. I didn't make them feel bad. I didn't look down on them. I, I don't know what he's talking about, but it has to do with what I'm talking about. That you've been in a Christian church, a Christian denomination, this long and don't know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I said, it ain't your fault. It's your preacher's fault. It ain't your fault, it's your parents' fault. It ain't your fault, it's your conference president's fault. It ain't your fault, it's the system's fault. Because we taught you that Jesus is coming soon. You keep the Sabbath, don't do certain things, but we never taught you how you're saved. And that's why you're mm. depressed. That's mm. why when you mess up, you are so distraught with yourself that you go back like a dog to its vomit into your sin. Wow. That's why you don't have freedom. That's why you sing with so so little confidence. That's Woo. why you can't lift your hands in praise. That's Woo. why you ain't free to run every now and again. Mm. That's why you pray to speaking in tongues. That's why you pray to the Holy Ghost. Mm. That's why you don't have any joy and peace and kingdom authority. It's because we taught you how to behave. I have some kimchi. Do you want some? It's like noodles. It's like a Huh? Kimchi? Kimchi? Oh. Grandma. Do you want some? I'll try to make a sauce. Okay, girl. It's all for me then. I was gonna put some meat in this and sausage. Leave me alone. Simultaneously claiming Christianity while laughing at the Savior. Wow. Huh. Let, 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 let me put it this way. Uh, my, my good friend and, and preaching partner down through the years from Oakwood University, Pastor Kamal Alexander. Shout out to him. Pastor Dr. Hey. Community Church there in Compton, California. And he was sharing with me one day. As he was I know him, phone. too. I just checking up on him this many, many years ago. I said, hey, bro, what you doing? He said, man, I've been wrestling with this cold. I got this cold for a couple of weeks, man. Can't <laughs> I can hear his voice and saying I that. I said, man, funny. what you taking? What are you doing to, uh, to get over this thing? You know, you got to take something. You're taking some medicine. He's nasal. He said, well... I got one of my members, uh, she's Jamaican, shout out to the Jamaicans. And he <laughs> said, uh, you know, Jamaicans, you know, uh, they believe in what they call bush tea. So she mm -hmm. told me that I should get some bush tea. Now, if you don't know what bush tea is, that's another conversation. But basically, it's a tea that you make out of things you literally take from the bush, certain herbs, and you mix that stuff up together, and it can knock that stuff out, right? And so he said, uh, I took some bush tea. He said, now I took the bush tea and it still wasn't knocking it out. This this thing wouldn't go. So he went back to church and the lady said, did you drink the bush tea? He said, yes, I drank the bush tea, but I'm still struggling. She said, well, did you put all the ingredients I told you to put in the bush tea? He said, yeah, I did it just like you told me. She said, are you sure you didn't add anything? He said, well, it was quite bitter. So what I did was I added sugar. Mm. She said, that's the problem. How many times are you going to tell she the story? She said, the stuff, mm, y'all going to feel this in a minute. The stuff that's supposed I'm sorry, to be the tea doesn't interact well with the sugar you put in. She said, now the bitterness is something you've got to swallow because the reality is you're not drinking it for taste. You're drinking it for healing. Uh -huh. She said, but you messed up when you added sugar. Because when you added sugar, watch this, here's your shout. You took away the potency of what was made to heal you. Oh, God. Oh, God. And some of us, 
are, are still wrestling with stuff we should have got over because we got a sugar theology. When we add something to make the gospel taste better. Because the gospel by itself is a bitter thing to taste. Wow. From the time we were young, wow. we were taught that you got to behave in order to get what you need. But here comes the gospel. And the gospel says you got to believe and then you'll behave. And it messes us up. So we start adding sugar. We add our righteousness to the gospel and we make it a sugar gospel. We add our Baptist culture, our Methodist culture, our Adventist culture, our evangelical culture, and now we got a sugar gospel. We will quote Ellen White more than we quote the Bible because the gospel just needs a little sugar. We will add commandment keeping to the gospel because the gospel needs a little more sugar. We laugh at the gospel every time we deny the power of the gospel. But can I tell you the truth and then get out your way? Jesus plus nothing salvation. You better, you better. That's good math. Plus nothing. I mean nothing. Come on. Equal salvation. Come on. And until you believe that, you will not have joy. Until Woo. you believe that, you will not have peace. Until you believe that, you'll be harder on yourself mm. than God is on you. Mm. Until you believe that the gospel don't need your sugar. The gospel is potent all by itself. Woo, Come on now. Uh, all I got is uh, him. That's all I, I need. And it's free. And a problem with theology. But I'm almost through. Watch verse 39. That, that, that's, that's 20 through 32. Watch, watch verse 39. Because the Bible says, And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way, he breathed his last. Ah, God. Wow. This I didn't realize that. This, who is a Roman. Yeah. Who subscribes to the plurality wow. of many gods. This Roman says. Wow. This must be the wow. son of God. That's wild. Hmm. Not even our own Jews people. Laughed? The Romans laughed. But the centurion said oh my god why is it that amongst everyone laughing because of their problem with reality their problem with plurality their problem with theology Mm. a roman centurion a soldier Mm. said this man must be the son of god soldier what was different about him or shall we say what did he see that they didn't see Wow. I searched. It was just like a realization in his soul. I, like I, As a theologian, I, I wow. went to all my resources trying to come up with a clever reason, something to be an aha moment yeah, yeah, so that yeah. you could be able to say, wow, that was deep. But can I tell you, as I looked, I couldn't find nothing deep. As I looked, I couldn't find nothing to be the great aha moment. Okay. I couldn't find anything that would uh, kind of point to both intellect and substance wow. uh, something that would make us kind of have to chew on intellectually can I tell you why the centurion said I something that background. the rest of them couldn't see is because he saw and focused on the blood Come on. Look at verse 39. he says when he saw 
the way he died. Mm. What did the centurion see? They were too mm. busy laughing to notice that the blood was pouring out. Wow. They were too busy laughing yeah. to understand that Jesus was giving out forgiveness to thieves on the cross. Wow. They were too wow. busy laughing to notice what the centurion heard when Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. What changed his mind is that he saw the blood the blood of an innocent man dying for guilty people. Wow. The blood wow. of a substitutionary substance. Yes, amen. Oh. people, other people, so other criminals should have been on the cross. Mm. But no, for me. this man not cussing, not cursing, but blessing and yes, forgiving. I could cry. He's dying. And the, th and the centurion said, this must be the son of God. Why? Oh my because God! The blood still works. Oh, I, I know, I know that Amen. He died, and the blood still you, works. Come on, that's why we take communion. Yeah, you should be folding your arms by now. Some of y'all should have had your hands up because hey. the centurion saw the blood, and the blood will take you from laughing out loud to saying, "Oh my God!" When's the last mm. time you thought about the blood of Jesus on your behalf? I know it doesn't sound deep, yes. but I just want to praise no, you. No, no, it is. Come now, Isaiah said. Let us reason together. Though your sins be as they shall be white mm. as snow. The blood still works. And when I think about his blood on my behalf, I, I can have to start giving him an oh my God praise. Mm. Uh, is there anybody here who wants to praise God with me that his blood removes every guilty state? For the song says it reaches to, to the, the highest mountain and yes! To the lowest valley. Come on, and if now, a centurion could say, This is my mm. God, uh, mm. then why can't you say, This is my God? Wow, that's I deep. I can. Yeah. I will. I, I do. Give him praise yeah. This is my because God. God will take your LOL to an OMG yeah. if you just focus on His blood. Mm. It's His blood that we the are. The heart that beats inside me is only because God thought about me specifically this morning. It's His blood that saves me. It's His blood that sins. It's his blood that covers my name written in the Lamb's book of life. And when the Father looks at my name, he doesn't see me. He sees the blood. Thank you, Jesus, wow. for the blood. It literally oh, covers me. They put him on the cross. Mm. They thought he would stay there. The enemy and his demons laughed at Jesus on the cross. Wow. And they were laughing. While the centurion was declaring, this must be the Son of God. They were laughing because they thought Jesus had a one-way ticket to hell. So they laughed because they could not believe he could come back from the second death. The demons laughed out loud. And there are just some things you shouldn't be able to come back from. There are some things you just shouldn't be able to come back from. They rejoiced on Friday. They laughed in the darkness as Christ was dying. They thought they had him down. Death thought it had collected its greatest trophy. Sheol, the grave, had prepared a cold reception for the life giver, but they had forgotten something. Every other person who had previously died was taken by death. Mm. But Jesus did not let death take his life. Period. Jesus laid down his life. 
the demonic realm, the principalities of darkness and wickedness in high places have forgotten that he said, I lay it down yeah. and I shall rise again. Period. So, so, so the enemy told the Jewish priests, put reinforcements on the outside of the tomb yeah. because if he couldn't stop him from getting up, at least he may have a chance of keeping him in the grave. Ah. The demonic realm celebrated all Sabbath long. For the Lord of the Sabbath lay dead on the high and holy day. But early, ah, I said early, Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. The grave tried to hold him. The soldiers tried to hold him. The grave clothes tried to hold him. He and hell tried to hold Come him. On. But Jesus got up. Come on. Because they who laughed at Christ wow. would now be subject to Christ. They put a whole so tombstone in front of his like exalted him yeah. and bestowed upon Jesus wow. a name that is above every name. So like he's going to get up. Jesus, Come on now. Come on. Every tongue confess. Yes. In heaven. He is God. Amen. And under the earth. That Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. And can anybody close this sermon with me? To just praise God. That God has a way of turning people's laughter into God's glory. Come on now. You better quit laughing at God. When he says you can do the impossible. Possible. Come on now. Quit laughing at God when he says you can come back from bankruptcy. Yes. Quit laughing at God. Yes. When he says I can salvage that yes. destructive marriage. Yes. 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 Look at young people in the street. Yes. I'm gonna lead your congregation. Yes. You better you preach. Come on now. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. I believe in our babies. Come on now. Yes. Joy Liden girl. Yes, yes, yes. We on the we on the winning team. Come on. Yes, yes. If there's any reason to be loud. Yes. I'm transitioning. I'm transitioning. I don't just preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. You preaching to me too. Well, I stop laughing. I, I, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. I stop laughing mm. when God says He's about to transcend my reality. Yes, Amen, corner. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes, I believe it. Let's go. Yes. Amen. Period. Yes. So that. 
I don't have to be proven wrong. Mm. But that God will be proven right. I want to want what he wants. Period. Here, here's, here's what I want you to get. All of us have laughed at God. Because mm. we didn't believe. Yeah, no, you're right. That he is who he said he was. Come on. We joined in the crowd of Jewish priests and Roman soldiers who in unison laughed at the savior of the world because they couldn't believe. At one point, when I was younger, I did. Who said I did. At one point, I stopped believing. Absolutely. Do you believe that he is everything he said he would be to you? Yes. Do you want to believe? I do. I, I want to believe it's, even it's more than I already do. Because I believe. But I want more. I want more. He can. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Period. If he did it before, he can do it again. Yes. Yes. It's able to do the same thing for you. He can take you from LOL to OMG. That was oh, cute. I saw what he did there. God, do you do you want that relationship, that oh my God relationship where where it's not just a God, her God? This pastor is God, wearing a Hawaiian shirt. God, <laughs> but, my God, but he's so funny. If that's you. You want to give your life to this Jesus who wants to be your God, who wants to be your. He looks like he's about to go to sleep. <laughs> but your only option. If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus. I want you to just text Jesus. Text Jesus and tell him to save both of us, please. Because I don't know my phone is. If you can hear this, if you're on the podcast. Okay, summer's over. If you can hear this, you're on the podcast. um, Text Jesus and just just tell him that I need some stuff. (laughs) I'm trying to get married to like in the next two seconds, bro. Not, <laughs> I can wait. Well, first second we say our vows. The next, the next second we gotta go on a honeymoon. <laughs> um, this was church with Ann Wins and Tola. <laughs> Tola was over there being on the on the phone while church was going on, but she was in church. That's what matters. She was in church, even though she wasn't in church. She was no, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if she was listening or not. And you never know if people are listening or not. I don't know who's listening to this podcast, but I know people are listening. Like, even if one person is listening, more than one people, more than, who cares? I don't care if it was one person, right? I don't know who this hits, and I don't know who how this could change a life. And I don't know who I'm going to be 20 years from now, but I'm so confident that the the... Let's say I get two plays. The two plays that I get every every uh, episode, that will turn into times 20. Two times 20 is about 40. 40 people I'll reach in, what, 20 years. <laughs> That's just an example, right? And we're talking about some powerful stuff. And just to change one person's life, like imagine if one person was like Alexander the Great, Right? And he was just one person. He was thrown away because he had asthma or whatever. They thought he was nobody. And he worked his butt off. Alexander the Great. Condoleezza Rice. So many great... Maya Angelou. Nelson Mandela. Muhammad Ali. Like... 
revolutionary people. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, Judas and the Black Messiah. But, ooh, my pastor crying. Because he's so like, ugh. I could see. Wow. When you see someone crying when they're talking about God, that is so touching. That makes me know that God is real. Because it's like, you can't tell me this person is making it up. If you're like, this person is so good to me. And you're like, where is he? He's like, but he's so good to me. It's like, you're not making, it's not like someone's abused. It's not like we're saying, oh, he's so bad. He's so bad. I hate him so much. We're not saying that and we're not crying about it. But like, if you're a believer in God, I don't care what religion, what sense you believe. If you believe in God and you cry over how amazing his love is. That really shows me you have a genuine relationship with God. And some people know how to cry on cue. And we're not talking about those people. But when you are a genuine... When you have a genuine connection with God, it shows. And I pray that that just shows with in my case. Because, like, I may not cry, you know, all the time. But behind closed doors, like... You don't know somebody's spiritual relationship with God. You may think that the homeless man is just a homeless man. He's nobody. He's going to die from AIDS or he's going to die from homelessness or, or hunger or starvation. But this homeless man, he, his, his sister and his mom could be living in Beverly Hills. And that is so real. Like, it's so real. That, like, I know people don't think it's real, but... <laughs> I've been I've been all over, you know, in a short amount of my time. I could go further, you know, but I've seen some things and I'm I'm kind of scared if I go further the things I'm going to see, but I'm I'm very um oh, this is the part where they're you know, taking an offering. So if you guys would like to donate to Revision Church Atlanta, that would be great. Uh you know, so it helps it helps the broadcast. It helps you know, the pastor has to get paid. This is his profession. He gave up his life to be a vessel for God. Like, he, this is his profession. I feel like I could be a good pastor. People have told me that. Um, and it's, like, a lot of stuff that you have to read or whatever. You, know, you have to be a people person all that stuff. You have to know how to reach people that can't be reached. You have to know how to, you know, do whatever. Um, but it's not about me. But they accept PayPal and Cash App, revisionchurchatlanta.org slash give. And you can text R-E-V-P-A-Y-P-A-L to 833-406-0775. Absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know shout out there how you can give to them and you just heard a word for them like nothing in life is free you know things are free like people are talking out the goodness of their heart but like we all have to make a living just like you don't want to see a homeless person a a, a pastor don't want to be homeless either he gotta have a place to lay his head and it, it makes me wonder like like god himself came to this world and like he chose to be a homeless person like I don't think people really understand that because it's obvious in how people treat one another on a day-to-day basis. Like, God came to this world as a homeless dude. Like, when you see something, like, 
I watch people, and I live in New York. Well, I'm from New York. When you see how people interact with people, you know, maybe on their same status. Okay, that it's terrible. It's disgusting. And when you see these same people interact with people higher of a higher class, it is like, wow, you are such a kiss ass, right? Like I've never seen you so happy. You you seem like such a genuine person. Like, wow, you really seem like you're a giving person. You do all this and you want to be such a great person. You seem so genuine at this point. But when you see that same person deal with someone who's homeless or who's of a lower class than them, like maybe a maid or a school teacher or someone down on their luck or something, or maybe she has kids, maybe he has kids, maybe he has AIDS, maybe he has one degree and you have 10. Like, when you see people enter, that means they do not have the love of God really within them. And it is so evident because no matter who you are in life, where you come from, what language you speak, even if you don't speak, if you're blind, you know when someone has the spirit of God in them. And if someone is judging another person, like when you when you think back about if you if you study, if you care enough to study and get to know God on a different level, on a more personal level, even though it may not be a thousand percent accurate, people are gonna have stories of what happened, right? And you're never gonna like People are going to talk about uh, Michael Jackson. I don't care, bad or good, right? And it's go- Michael Jackson is magic. He- whether he was bad or whether you think he was good, he was great magic. Great magic. Whether he was bad or good, behind closed doors, he was magic. It has nothing to do with whether he was good or bad. He was magic. And until the end of time, people are always going to talk about Michael Jackson. Nobody else has that sauce like Michael Jackson, Right? Beside God himself, okay? I don't know. Michael Jordan, not even Michael Jordan. Not even Kobe Bryant. Not even Oprah Winfrey. Not even Beyonce. Respectfully, Beyonce who? We're talking about Michael Jackson and not even talking about Michael Jackson. We're talking about God. We're talking about, like, whoever you want to call him, Jesus Christ, uh, the Messiah, Jehovah, uh, whoever you want to call him, Right? When you talk about God, it's like you can and I I don't think I think I'm being, you know, loud about this now, but I don't think it really gets to people cuz it it I'm passionate about this. When I see people interact with other people, it's so disgusting. I just want people to talk to people like they want to be talked to with common decency and respect. And I see it every day, especially traveling and commuting in New York City. There's a lot of homeless people in New York City, as great of a city as it is. We have a great population of homeless people. And you may not see them, but they exist. And it's part of knowing who they are, asking them what their name is, how was their day. You would ask your boss this, but you wouldn't ask a regular person who would probably give you the best advice on commuting for free or just cheer you up in a way where your boss would probably just call you a dork and get out of his face while you're too busy kissing his ass. Like this person can lift you up. Like the other day I had a conversation with a, a gentleman on the on the bus on the MTA Transit. And it was is it Transit? On the MTA bus, right? And he lifted me up in a way where like 
my friends haven't done that for me in a while. My family hasn't done that for me in a while. And to hear it from this person, like, people didn't even want to sit next to him or, like, stand next to him. And I'm like, that's the first person I'm going to stand next to, not because of what he looked like or I expected anything, but I just, I didn't judge the situation. But I trusted my instincts to know that something good is going to happen. Even if nothing was said, something is good. Something good is going to happen. <sighs> I'm just really passionate about how people interact with one another because this world is already so evil. And people say, oh, well, life isn't fair. And it's people like that that make life worse. The realist in life. We don't need any more realists in life. We need people that think outside. the. Because God is bigger than us. God is outside of our existence. So who are we to say that's just the way it is? You know, who are we to say that? That's so disrespectful to not think about the impossible and to not move in the impossible way. Like you got to move. You, you literally have to move like, OK, God can do it. But then you have to do it, too. You have to believe you have to put effort behind it. Like faith without works is dead. Like you can believe your husband can love you, but if you don't love him back, you're always going to feel like something is missing. You you can get all the cars and all the houses you want. But if you're not happy, you're not going to be happy. You know? And when you when we're talking about what makes you happy, I think uh appreciating small talk with anyone is a great way to be happy within yourself. When you can when you can have a conversation with anyone, anyone, and I mean anyone, from the CEO to the CFO to the custodian or to the baby. If you can talk to babies and you could talk to the elderly and you could talk to pastors and you could talk to strippers and you can talk to anybody about God, you are winning in life. You are winning in life. If you can talk to if you could talk to the politicians, if you could talk to the drug dealers, if you could talk to the uh, nail salon people, the nail salon people. If you could talk to the uh, DoorDash person about the love of God, if you could reach like this podcast could reach anywhere. It could reach somebody hiking up in a mountain. It could reach somebody going to space. Elon Musk could be listening to this podcast right now. I don't doubt it right? Like, when you have the love of God within you, and he's an atheist, and I have nothing against atheists. When you have the love of God in you, it's just something that people want to be around. They may not necessarily understand it, or even want to understand it, but they will respect it. And there's nothing anybody can say or do or tell you that could take that away. When you love somebody, it shows and it shows that because you love yourself. Like, I love God, so I, t- I try and take care of my... Is that Luther Vandross? No. No. I said, is that Luther Vandross? That's Doja Cat. I'm weak. <laughs> when you love God, that it will just show. It will just show. And it's just... Some people know how to fake it, yes. But we're not talking about the phonies. Let me go get something to eat. It's like... It, it makes somebody attractive. Like, that's a turn-on. Like, when I feel like when people are looking for life partners, because let's face it, at the end of the day, 
You want somebody to come home to when you had a tough day at work from working your seven, eight-figure job. You want someone to come home to and feel like, I can just be myself and just, you know, like, be loved on. You know, I want to come home to my family and my kids, my wife, my maid, <laughs> um, my, my Batman cave. Because all guys need their own space. All women need their own space, you know? We need our own walk-in closet and our spa. We need our nice bathroom. I gotta have a nice bathroom. And I have to have a laundry room. Just to think. I don't like doing laundry, but I will do laundry in a laundry room and just think and meditate. I feel like the places that bother you the most are where you need to meditate in. And I think that about my life. And I think that's com- that's come with my relationship with loving God. Is a ooh honey bunches honey honey ooh honey bunches honey bunches honey honey oats honey bunches of oats. <laughs> In my relationship with God, it has helped me in this physical way that you could see, right? In places that have hurt me, my relationships with people, the things that I avoid or don't talk about, or I'm like, okay, this person left my life, so let me not talk about it, or this person died, so let me not talk about it. I try to dwell in those places the most and meditate. And I feel like if I didn't have that relationship with God, this inward, this internal thing that's been going on within me that has propelled me to want more and like to believe more, if I haven't forgiven myself and allowed myself the availability to visit what has hurt me, I would not be so far in life. And a lot of people can look at me and they can be like, she's nowhere. But I promise you, if only you knew where I used to be to where I am now. I, I'm not even trying to toot my own horn, but baby, I am a testimony. My, my existence, my voice, my smile, my, my toes, my everything, it's a testimony. My eyes, my lips, my kiss. I'm a great hugger. I'm a great kisser, too. If, if you're a good kisser, I'm a good kisser. Trust me. Right? Everything about me. I am so far in life. Right? And that may not look like anything to you because of maybe, I don't know, you don't know what I've been through. You, you have your own experience. Or maybe you haven't gone far enough. I'm talking about internal work. Like, I could be dead right now. All of us could be dead right now. Right? Anywhere you are in life, everywhere you are in life at this moment right now is exactly where you need to be. You could do more, but this is exactly where you need to be. Like, live in the moment. I feel like we don't live in the moment, and that's what spoils life. Because we expect so much, like, yes, you need to have a 10-year plan, a 20-year plan. You need to have savings. You need to have all of this. But when you live in the moment, you appreciate life. And somebody will appreciate you for that. Like little things, like your next door neighbor can appreciate the way that you do your flowers every day. You know, the 